Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us here on After Dark with Rob and Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. Tonight, Andrew can't be with us, but I am here once again with Heather Robinson of the New York Post. Heather, how are you? I'm great, Rob. How are you? I'm great. You know, Heather, there has been so much taking place since we last spoke. Yes. And uh, (laughs) we have an FBI whistleblower Mm -hmm. who is saying that Joe Biden knew about Hunter Biden's business dealings. He was in on it. There are there were emails that were exchanged. We have the a former CIA chief, Mike Morrell, who's saying that Tony Blinken was the author of the letter that 51 intelligence agencies signed debunking the Hunter Biden laptop. We also have Hunter Biden going to my home state of Arkansas at a judge's request because he's refusing to pay child support for a daughter that he had with a stripper who's also from Arkansas, but he met her in Washington, D.C. So he was just there in Arkansas. We also, it's coming out that Biden, after two years of leaving our borders wide open, has decided to send 1,500 troops to the border in the coming weeks once Title 42 expires. Now, all Biden has to do is just close the border, but he's going to send 1,500 troops, which is something that Trump was doing and had done. But they said, oh, no, you can't do this. That's racist. Let people cross the border. A country without borders isn't a country. We also found out, or we're learning, that there was an apparent assassination on Vladimir Putin's life. Now, we don't know if this is true or not, or if he's making this up, I have no reason to doubt him, but hey, I want to talk about Randy Weingartner, who's the president of the Teachers Federation Association, who's now saying that during the COVID lockdown, she wanted schools to be opened. But we all know that she was working with Rachel Walensky to create policy to close the schools. Mm -hmm. Another shooting in Atlanta. Now, are they going to talk about taking away the guns, mental health, or will they just like sweep this up under the carpet because the perpetrator was a black man? Similarly to the shootings in Alabama, a mass shooting at a venue whereby they were celebrating, I think, a Sweet 16 party. Mm-hmm. I think three men have, or two men have been arrested, all black. No one is saying anything about it. No one is coming out saying, take away the guns. We haven't heard much about it. We're finding out that the letter from the the manifesto from the the transgender shooter in Nashville, Tennessee, they're not going to release that because they're saying we're pending litigation. What litigation? You've released all the other manifestos from white men. Why can't you release her manifesto? There's something going on here. Finally, Mm -hmm. we'll try to talk about the Met Gala that just took place and the coronation is going to take place this Saturday. Heather, there is a lot for us to talk about tonight. I just gave you a laundry list. And throughout the day, I was sending you all these as, as news was like breaking. I'm like, let me yeah. send this to Heather. Let me send this to Heather because we've got to talk about this. Yes. There's so yes. much that's going on. And man, Andrew's going to miss us. <laughs> oh, yes. He took yes. the night to take off. There's one night to take off, but... Wow, where can we start? Uh, well, I, I think that it's it's a lot of lot of news, and 
I, I, yeah, I think, well, we can start with um, <laughs> the Biden family business, which is take your pick, uh, politics and uh, whatever else it consists of. I, I saw a quotation somewhere, um, and I, it was a member of Congress, I'm trying to remember who, who I thought was pithy. He said, these people, I mean, he's talking about not just Biden and Hunter, but all Biden's, you know, many of Biden's relatives, his brother. And I guess there are like seven or eight others who received millions of dollars from companies in foreign countries just after Biden left office as vice president or Obama. And it appears very fishy. And this this congressman said, you know, most of these individuals, they don't manufacture anything. They don't manage anything. They don't have businesses, particularly Hunter, but some of the others either. What is it that this money could be for? And of course, the, this, the inference is that the money is probably part of a some kind of kickback uh, influence peddling scheme because there's apparently very little else that the grown male members of this family do. There's, there's like no business that would explain the need to be receiving these millions of dollars. So my understanding, Rob, is that it all looks very fishy. And I guess there's uh, some gulf between that and, and hard evidence that uh, Biden engaged in influence peddling on behalf of himself and his family and, you know, made decisions as vice president or president uh, and granted favors in exchange for getting millions of dollars sent to his various relatives for what appears to be no reason. But it seems like this is what the Republicans are trying to to dig into and investigate. Well, not only does it look fishy, it is fishy. And James Comer, who's been looking at this, and Chuck Grassley, just to name a few, and Ron Johnson, they've been sounding the alarms for quite some time. But it appears that the media... They don't want to hear about it. I was just watching the news, and when all this stuff is breaking, they're busy talking about Trump. They're going back talking about Trump. It's like, okay, folks, mm -hmm. Trump has already been indicted on false claims. They're already looking to indict him again. Why not likely they're going to do it? Why are you focusing on Trump? Why aren't we focusing on Biden? They're not focusing on Biden because they know that Biden's family, the Biden cabal, they're actually guilty of the crimes that they're saying that Trump has committed, they've committed those crimes, but they don't they, want to talk about it. But I, I, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of this remains to be proven if it can be, you know, in fairness, Rob, and we don't want to do to them what they did to Trump, which is- But hold on, hold on. And I knew you were going to say that, but <laughs> everything that they've laid at Trump's feet, accused him of, we now know he did not do. And the biggest one was Russia collusion. Mm -hmm. They took that. I mean, they had so many miles for four years. His presidency had a cloud with this whole Russia collusion. And if you recall, when Bill Barr came in, he said that he doesn't blame Trump for being mad or angry. How would you feel if you know that I'm innocent? And they fabricated this entire thing. There was no there there. And when, the, when they were pointing it at Hillary Clinton... The only thing they did is say, okay, you lied. You, you said that you paid for this with this money, but you actually paid for it for campaign money without her ever admitting that she fabric helped to fabricate this whole Russia collusion deal. 
So, right, we don't want to do to them what they did to Trump. But what we do want to do is we have documents showing that Biden, Joe Biden, and Hunter Biden were part of some rich, quick, get rich quick scheme. We have Hunter Biden's former business partner, Tony Bobolinsky, saying the exact same thing. We have the Hunter Biden laptop that spells it out. You have a former CIA chief, Mike Morrell, saying that Tony Blinken was a person who put together this letter. These aren't things that we're making up whole cloth. These aren't things that someone else said, and we can't name the names. These yeah. people actually said it. The whistleblower, we have two whistleblowers. Mm-hmm. That one whistleblower is saying, if I get protection, I will come out and I will spill the beans. But the Democrats are dragging their feet as far as giving him protection. Now, the Democrats have never met a whistleblower that they didn't want to give protection to. So we have information that's trickling out that links Biden and Hunter to China business deals and all these other things. So, no, we're not doing them like they did Trump because they were working on hypotheses and someone said this. We have the actual people who are saying, I saw this. We have the evidence. We have the Hunter Biden laptop. If it wasn't true, why wouldn't the FBI just put the Hunter Biden laptop out there? Why were they trying to cover the Hunter Biden laptop? Because they know that it is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my only reason that they know that it's true. And mm-hmm. they're trying to cover it up. If any one of Trump's children had mm-hmm. gone out and fathered a, a child out of wedlock and then tried to disown it, the media would be talking about this nonstop. That's and here you old. have Hunter Biden. First, he said that the kid wasn't his. Then yeah. they had a blood test. DNA test, the kid is his. Now he doesn't want to acknowledge the kid. And you have Joe Biden and the White House ignoring that this child exists. Now that's imagine true. had Trump were to do this. Why aren't they being called out? And see, that's the thing that I don't like. We, and I will, we must call them out all the time. The media is going to ignore it. They're not going to say anything about it. But we have an obligation to our listeners to put this out there and say, here are the facts. We're not just dreaming this up or making it up whole cloth. These are the facts. This family, the Biden family, and when I think about the Biden family, I don't see it as being like some powerful family that's like has a lot of money, they're wheeling and dealing, but apparently they were, especially when we're learning that yeah, well, nine members of this family were paid millions of dollars, Heather. Go ahead. Yeah, and I, I, I would say I, that I think that they weren't. I don't think immensely wealthy until they got into politics. I mean, I think mm. they like the Clintons, you know, and arguably like, you know, um, quite a few sort of family dynasties, but particularly those two. I mean, they use, it seems, use politics to get rich, you know, whereas, I mean, I was just talking to somebody who said, well, who's more corrupt, Trump or Biden, you know, and I think that there's no doubt it's Biden because whatever you believe about Trump or not, I don't think there's any evidence that he used his presidency to further enrich himself. I mean, he was already rich and he, if anything, I would postulate he took a cut. I mean, he, I don't think it's helped his business. I think he served the country because he's a patriot and, you know, he may have wanted to do it for his own reasons, but certainly, I mean, he'd already made his fortune. You know, whether you're talking about the Obamas or the Bidens or the Clintons, I mean, these these people and their families, you know, didn't have much. And then they, you know, became political 
kingmakers and whatever, they worked their way into this system. And then, you know, especially in the case of the Clintons and the Bidens, there's, there's a lot of evidence of shysting and, and uh, you know, graft. And then they gave their speeches and wrote their books and became stars and raked in millions upon millions of dollars through quote unquote public service. And, and this so, is not what our forefathers wanted from I these officials so. to become no. rich. And you have a lot of them on both the left and the right. They seek higher office because they know once I'm done, I can go out, sit on some corporation and just make a whole lot of money. Whereas Trump, it was just the opposite. And if people would only sit back and look at it, I mean, this is an anomaly. What person would say, I have all these billions of dollars. I'm going to put it on hold so that I can go in and serve my country because I see that there's something wrong with it. I want to turn things around. And when he tried to do it, look at all of the attacks. Now, some people say, well, he's a racist because remember what he said when he was coming down the stairway? He said that what he said about Mexicans. Okay, well, maybe it wasn't the right wording. But you look at what's happening to our country now. Look at what happened. It was distorted, Rob. That was exactly But you look at what happened in Texas. Look at what happened in Texas. This illegal alien that they refuse to say. The newspapers, they won't even say that he's here illegal. They keep saying a Texas man. No, he was here illegally. He killed an eight-year-old boy, his mom, and I think a sister. He was here illegally. He had been deported not once, not twice, I think, but four times. He was here illegally. You look at what's happening at the border. Look at the criminal activity that has increased. But the media can't, won't bring themselves to say it. They refuse to say it. They want to keep bringing up, well, but Trump, but Trump. Everything that you're saying about Trump was all made up. Everything that you're saying about Trump cabinet members were all made up. Whereas Biden's cabinet members, Tony Blinken, who had worked in the Obama White House. And if you recall, I did a, we did a, uh, a, a show about this. The late John McCain said, that Tony Blinken should not be let near the state office, but yet and still look at where he is now. This was a payback because he had gone to work with Biden and his many LLCs before Biden became the president. And once Biden said, I'm going to run, they brought in Tony Blinken, who know he knows where all the dead bodies are. And they rewarded him because he was the henchman. He was a kingmaker. He was keeping things undercover. But now the footsteps of inevitability are slowly trying to catch up with him. And Heather, I would say it would be a lot quicker and would have already caught up with him if we had an honest media that would report on these stories the way they did Trump, whereby they had no evidence, but they created evidence. They manufactured evidence. They created an aurora as if though something, in fact, had happened, mm-hmm. wanting people to believe. And now people, it's it's etched in their memory that something did happen, that Trump did do something. But if you were to ask him, they would say, well, uh, they just need a little bit more time to keep looking. Looking for what? We don't need any time to look and see what Joe Biden and Hunter Biden has done. It's evident with Hunter Biden impregnating a woman, and now he wants to disown the child. Hunter Biden, who's saying, I don't have the money. I can't pay 20 thousand a month now that's a lot of money <laughs> that's a lot of money but geez. right he did he tried to get out of acknowledging this this poor child and he 
But I believe that now the dispute is over the amount of child support. And he said that he's broke. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. And the woman is asking for a lot. I mean, I think she's asking for like, right, 20000 a month, which is kind of like, I know some, tell you what, I know some fancy New York women who need that to live. But <laughs> I don't think too many babies really need twenty grand a month, but I'm sure that Hunter's got it. So why well, not? Well, her, 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 her whole fight is that she wants her child to live just like the child's step, uh, half brothers and sisters. If they're living the high life, why shouldn't she? <laughs> and you would think, well, I mean, to us, it seems like kind of foreign, but you would think that Hunter Biden or, okay, because we know that he's not a good person. Hunter isn't a good person. I mean, he went and slept with his brother's wife after the brother died. He went and got a gun, lied about getting a gun. And you would, but you would think that Jill and Joe would say, Hunter, okay, you want to acknowledge this kid, but this kid is part of our family and yeah. we need to bring this kid in, but they won't even do it. Jill yeah. Biden, a woman of all people, you would think she would say, no, this is wrong. We can't do this. The mother yeah. might have been a stripper, but still, this is your child. Sure. And we she need to acknowledge it, but they won't. They don't have plenty of money. I mean, you think if only for the sake of appearances, you know, yeah. and I agree <laughs> they should have a heart for the child. You know, but, yep. yeah, I mean, why they've got so much money. What's it to them? I mean, you know, I mean, you think even if only just to appear like they care, they would, you know, care yeah. what she wants within reason. But um, yeah, but they don't care. Yeah. They, they, they don't care. <laughs> Look, we've got to go to commercial break. But as I mentioned at the top of the hour there, we have like a laundry list of things that we want to cover. So stay tuned. Go get something to drink, get something to eat. And come back after this commercial break, after Dr. Robin Andrew and my special guest host, Heather Robinson of the New York Post. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix Rx. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic-era strains for decades? Cofix RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of Cofix RX nasal solution. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix Rx nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. 
America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. And we are back with After Dark with Robin Andrew and my special co-host tonight, Heather Robinson. And we're just talking about the Biden cabal and all the trouble this family has gotten itself into. Because of Hunter Biden, I'd say. Well, no, no, we, I can't blame Hunter Biden. I don't think that's fair to blame Hunter Biden exclusively, Heather, because it's not about Hunter Biden. It's mainly about Joe Biden. And one of the things that is happening, as I mentioned at the top of the hour, that the judge in Arkansas, who happens to be a cons- con- Arkansas is a conservative state, and I wish the people stopped talking about Batesville as if it's some little hick town. It's not some little hick town. It's a town that has values and it's prosperous, okay? So stop calling it a hick town. What but the town? judge, Batesville, Arkansas, oh, I think okay. the population is like 10,000, so it's not very big at all. You, could, it is, you wouldn't even say it's a city, but it's a town, 10,000 uh, people. But she ordered that Hunter Biden had to come to Arkansas. And Hunter Biden, who's claiming, I have no money to pay for my child, but Guess who went to Arkansas with him? Abby Lowell, a high-powered, very expensive attorney. If I were the judge, I would have said, okay, Mr. Biden, maybe you should start off by not hiring a very expensive lawyer. And more than likely, this guy went because he probably wanted to intimidate this female judge to say, hey, I'm from the East, so you better make certain you're playing this thing right or else. But you know what the judge said? I want all of your financial statements. Since you're claiming that you can't pay 20000 a month, I want to see all of your financial statements. Now, this is a good thing. And I don't even know why Hunter would balk at having to pay 20000 a month. If she gets access to those statements, she'll be able to see where he's getting a lot of his money from, who's getting the money, and if money is being given to any of the Biden family members. So this might be a back door to exposing the Biden family cabal. Now, I don't know if they're aware of this. Again, they have Abby Lowell, who is his high-priced attorney who likes to intimidate people. He's the same attorney who said that, uh, what was it? They wanted to bring charges against who? I think it was, was it Donald Trump? They said that they should investigate Donald Trump because they felt that Donald Trump was putting this information out there about Hunter Biden's laptop, which makes absolutely no sense at all. But of course, if you put this before a court in New York or some lib- or D.C., of course, these judges will say, oh, yeah, go ahead. Let's go ahead and do it. Just like Trump went and he sued the New York Times. And oh, gosh, I just read this. He sued the New York Times and someone else for libel because they said that he had done something, and the judge kicked it out of court and said, okay, I'm going to kick it out, and now you have to pay their attorney fees. I'm like, why not just kick it out and just say, go your way? And that's it. But see, these judges are activist judges, and that's Mm -hmm. the reason why I've said in one of our other shows that 
they are really doing a number on our justice system. The current judge is hearing the uh, this woman who claimed Trump raped her, Jean Carroll, happened years ago. She can't remember what date. She can't remember how it happened. And you know what, Heather, I'm finding out? Mm. The entire premises of this rape charge, mm. believe it or not, it was an episode on law and order. Really? Huh. Yes. Taking place in Bergdorf Goodman, a woman came in and claimed that a man raped her. Really? Now, this woman, Jean, she was in, she's a writer. Yes, she's a good writer, you know, in okay, terms of well, entertaining. I read her column for many years in Elle magazine. Really? I'd she's never heard of her. Very, well, she's a very juicy. She wrote for with the women's magazines. And so okay. I used to read them. And Elle was, you know, one of the more sort of literary, smart. Okay. You know, one of the magazines, I would say, for many years. I haven't read it lately, but she always, she had a very uh, distinct style, which was, mm-hmm. she called herself Auntie E. And it was sassy and knowing and woman of the world, but with a devil may care attitude, uh, <laughs> you know, just enjoy and live it up and only bad girls get ahead kind of thing. Good girls don't make history. I would sort of characterize it that way. Ah, so she's being a bad girl. So she's going to make history. I mean, I'm just sort of, (laughs) you know, kind of remembering in a general way. I'm not really certain that she endorsed anything bad, but it was more that she had this attitude of enjoy yourself. Don't be a martyr. Don't apologize. Don't, you know, but it listen she's a good writer i mean i don't know what to make of all the rest of it i really really don't i mean i it's it's very interesting you know as a story i'm skeptical too rob but i honestly i think the bottom line though is that this is alleged to have happened what 40 years ago or something i mean how in a million years could anyone possibly prove or disprove these allegations and i mean i you know the other thing about it that i wonder is is it possible if there is any truth to it which is a huge if and i you know as far as i know there isn't and i mean it could be made up out of whole cloth and if i were a betting woman that's what i would guess i mean this this woman look i'm not trying to cast aspersions but she you know like she didn't come out for all these years. Now she is trying to sell a book and she's a real character, but I don't know that it, it didn't happen. I'm just saying, you know, if, if something like this happened, is it possible that it was, I mean, this is very, I'm, I'm, I'm wading into some very politically incorrect territory here, but I do think that, you know, maybe there are some gray area things that happen in this area. I mean, what she describes, if I'm getting it right, is that she and he were flirting and that I don't remember who she says initiated this idea to go together into a dressing room and try on lingerie. But I think I would venture to say that if that if that's actually happened, you know, in the mind of a, a man of yesteryear, particularly, I think that would be probably viewed as an invitation to sex or to some kind of sexual, you know, hookup or something. I mean, I guess she she said on Anderson Cooper that she thinks that people find uh, rape kind of sexy. 
is something mysterious about it. And well, I guess I'm that's her. That. I'm just saying maybe he didn't intend it as a, maybe he thought she was, if this even happened, which I'm not saying it did, I'm just saying maybe if a man, an old school type of man is, is with a woman who's flirtatious and they decide to go together to try on clothes, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that I think in the mind of a certain kind of man that would be viewed as, a, as consent. I'm not saying that gives anybody the right to force anything. I'm just, I'm actually just honestly asking the question, what did she think was going to happen? I mean, if she chose to go in with him and take off her, you know, try on lingerie with this man in a dressing room, I mean, I guess she would probably maybe say she just thought it would be fun to get naked together in the dressing room or something and not actually have sex. But do you know what I'm saying? It's sort of like, I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just saying what, what, what was it she was after from him? You know, if not sex, she, I guess well, she was. Right. Well, it was Donald Trump, and maybe she thought this was alluring. Right. And this was, like you said, this was, you know, if, if she, the way you described her, like the article that you said she would write, maybe this was part of her whole persona that I can do this and I'm a yeah. woman of the world. And uh-huh. but, just stop short of actual right. sex. Well, and I, and, I mean, we, we know that Trump is a germaphobe. Do we actually think Trump is going to bird up Goodman to buy lingerie for uh, a girlfriend or a wife or whatnot? Or is he going to send someone else out to do it? I would think he's going to send someone else out to do it. But let's say that he did go there. My whole thing is, why now did she decide to bring this up? And it's not that she the, the trial isn't that he raped her. It's more so that he defamed her. However, this mm-hmm. lunatic judge is allowing all this information in so that once again, the jury can say guilty because he's allowing in the tape from extra. He's allowing in all this past information. Now, imagine had this been a rape victim and them saying, we want to bring in all of her background, but we want that in. So it seems to me that the judge, and I think Takapino, Trump's attorney, wanted a mistrial because he said the judge has let in so much information to taint the jurors as if though they weren't already tainted. I would be surprised if they didn't come back with a guilty verdict. And yeah. then on, mm-hmm. on top of that, Heather, look at who's helping her fund uh, to, to support this whole prosecution. The uh, founder of LinkedIn, a billionaire. He's a person who's giving her money so she can file the case so she can get an attorney. So mm-hmm. all of this smells to high heaven. And mm-hmm. I would think that a judge would exercise jurisprudence and say, you know, ma'am, I hear what you're saying, but we're not going to move forward with this. And if they did, if you also recall, Bill Barr at the time wanted to stand in for Trump and take this case on because he was saying that Trump made the comments in his capacity as the president because Trump Mm -hmm. said this is a lie. So ordinarily, it would be she's not suing Trump, but she's suing the office of the presidency. So Bill Barr wanted to take this on and the judge denied it. So again, this is all set up to trap Trump to get a guilty verdict. And once there's one guilty verdict, you will have all of these other district of attorneys coming in and say, okay, now we're going to indict him. Now we're going to do it because it only takes one to get people to think that if he's guilty here, he's guilty with everything else. And this is so unfair. How can he get a fair trial? Meanwhile, you have the man who's actually committing a crime. Remember Tara Reid, what she said yeah. about Joe Biden and how the media yeah. suppressed it? No one wants to talk about it. They say she's and a liar. He wanted to say, but wait a minute. I would add, she was one of the few of these women, you know, who did file a complaint at the time. There was a record of her 
going to, I think it was human resources or something. She didn't go to the police, but she did at the time file a complaint about this. And, and you know, in case after case, you know, for, I mean, listen, I don't mean to be dismissive of women. I hesitate to say this because I know that everybody, you know, calls any questioning of anything, blaming the victim. I'm just saying, though, that I do think, you know, very seldom do we hear there was a police report, there was any kind of documentation of any of these, these accusations, you know, let's say against Trump, against uh, Kavanaugh, against any conservative at the time, you know, we're told, oh, no, you know, women are too scared, this and that, and you know, but I mean, this woman, as far as I know, Tara Reid was among the few who did report what she said happened at that time, which was obviously many decades in advance of Biden, you know, even running for president or any of the political uh, divide that, you know, rages today. So I think that she, you know, her, her case and her uh, claim was more credible because of that, because there's a record that she, you know, when there was no reason for her to have a political ax to grind or, you know, anything to profit from it, she, she filed a complaint, Terry. It matches exactly what she remembers happening. So, yeah. But no one, no one wants to believe her. Who cares her. about evidence? I mean, that's evidence. <laughs> right. Who cares about proof. evidence? <laughs> it's not proof, but it is a piece of actual evidence that exists. I and mean, you would think that would count for something, you know. No, apparently not. Well, it just goes back to the first block of the show. We're talking about Hunter Biden and the Biden cabal and the evidence that we have, we have, in my opinion, of course, it has to go to trial, concrete evidence. We don't have hearsay. We have people who said, no, I saw him. He was there. We have government officials that are saying, yes, this is what happened. Yes, the FBI was slow walking this whole Hunter Biden thing. Yes, the FBI had the laptop. Yes, the FBI was telling us not to say anything. And for all of you who are thinking that Hunter Biden is going to be indicted, that the district of attorney is going to indict him in Delaware, I've got another thing coming for you. Even if they were to indict, he'll probably get off with a slap on the wrist. They'll probably say, pay the taxes, and that's it. Whereas with Trump, they want to take this down the rabbit hole, keep going as far as they can to extend this, a death by a thousand cuts just to destroy this man. And it's wrong. And here's something else, Heather, because remember when Trump was in office, and they were saying all these bad things that had taken place. And this was during the first term, it's been the first year. They were saying that what was Don Jr. had lied to Congress. And now what's happening is that Trump is trying to work out a deal that if they don't indict Don Jr. and send him to jail, that he'll step down from the presidency and he'll go away. And I'm thinking, that is such a bunch of hogwash. It makes absolutely no sense. But people actually believed it. I saw people on social media saying, oh, yeah, it's over. He's going to step down just to protect Don Jr. I'm like, but there's nothing to protect. Don Jr. didn't do anything. Whereas Hunter Biden, we all know this is a fact that Hunter Biden, a convicted felon, managed to get a gun. How the heck did that happen on if, if on nothing else? They don't find him guilty of. They should find him guilty of lying and getting a gun. 
Rob, what was had he? he well, let, me, let me say this one last yeah. thing. Had he been a black man, convicted felon, with a gun, he would be in prison. Mm-hmm. Now, see, here's where the white privilege come in. Here is where the left, the woke left, refuses to see this obvious. They're constantly talking about white men. They got this and they're toxic. They're always up front. Okay, here is a white man who, had he been black, a, com- a felon, a convicted felon, and gotten a gun, they would have thrown him in jail. Why isn't Hunter Biden in jail? Had Hunter Biden been a black man denouncing his kid, everyone would be deriding him. Look at this black man. He's not only his kid, but with Hunter Biden, there's a special lane that he could walk in. We're not going to say anything about it. Pretend as if though it never happened. I can't figure that out, Heather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what refresh my memory, Rob? What was he convicted of? What? What? I know he's drugs. Uh-huh. Yep, drugs. Possession. Now he was. He was right. Possession of drugs, and he was kicked out of the army for drugs. Also, he had a drug problem. Oh, for sure that yes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. But again, this and, is Joe Biden's son, and it's almost as if though the media is saying. Joe lost his first son, who happened to be the apple of his eye. The sun rose and shined on him. And now his only Mm -hmm. son, who is a complete screw up, we've got to ignore it because Mm -hmm. he's just, we've just let let him get away with anything. And I've got to say this also, Heather. We're almost out of time in the second half. I can't believe it. Such a good, great conversation. So much has taken place. But have you seen Hunter Biden lately? No, not really. I mean, yeah. He has aged so badly. Uh-huh. Sure. His yeah. hair, he's losing his hair. No, he wasn't a good-looking chap. But well, actually, yeah. I, I have to say, I, I, I'm not a fan of his at all. But I don't think he's a bad-looking guy. I mean, But, I, man, he has aged horribly. Yeah. Well, you know, they say it's kind of a mean saying. But they say at 20, you have the face you got from God. At 50, you have the face you deserve. <laughs> it's a bit hard. Well, wow. He, I, time has not been kind to him at all. And what can I say? We're already at the end of the second half of the show. Man, time is flying. We've got so much to get to, Heather. And I want to talk about it because I want to talk about the coordination. I want to talk about the Met Gala. Uh, so, guys, go get another snack and come back <laughs> to After Dark with Robert Andrew. And we will make certain that we keep you informed and apprised of everything. Stay tuned. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. And folks, I can't believe it, but this is the third half of the show. And there's still so much to go, so much we want to talk about. 
So we're just going to delve into it because I definitely wanted to talk about the shooting that took place recently in Atlanta by a black man. And I must confess, Heather, I don't know if the left is going to come out and want to confiscate our guns. Because when we had the shooting in Alabama, we're mm-hmm. at a Sweet 16 party that was uh, the perps were two black men or three black men. Mm-hmm. And I think nine people were killed. You heard nothing from the media about confiscating the guns. You had mm-hmm. in Florida, three black boys that shot these three white girls. Nothing from the media about confiscating the guns. When you mm-hmm. had the transgender woman in Nashville mm-hmm. who shot up the school, nothing from the media on uh, taking away the guns. And that story just almost just like went up under the radar. So I doubt seriously that we're going to hear anything from this man in Atlanta. I, I do know that the media was trying to talk about it just a little bit because they didn't want to talk about the new revelation that this whistleblower is saying, hey, I've got concrete evidence that Joe Biden, as the vice president, was compromised and was probably part of some money scheme. They did mm-hmm. not want to talk about it, CNN or MSNBC. They all just, well, we're not going to talk about it. We're going to talk about uh, Trump and Gene Carroll. We're going to talk about Mm-hmm. We'll talk a little bit about the black guy who shot up, who shot this one person in Atlanta. But other than that, no, can't talk about anything else. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I doubt I, I doubt the story is going to get much traction. I think they'll talk about it for a while mm-hmm. and then move on. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. And I mean, another example of this, Rob, is, you know, here in Pittsburgh, we have the Tree of Life trial just getting ready to get started. And remember when that that shooting happened, I guess it was back in 2018, um, Trump was president. And, you know, it was a horrible thing that happened here in my hometown. I, I knew uh, one of the victims personally and another who nearly got shot that day became a dear friend of mine and just passed away recently. But his name was Judah Samet. He was also a Holocaust survivor. But anyway, I, I mentioned this all in the context that there was a tremendous amount of, you know, an outpouring of focus and sympathy uh, and outrage over that. And, you know, it was justified, but I think that you'd think given all the outrage, there would be a cry for justice now, a lot of focus on this trial, but there really isn't, I don't think. I mean, it's taken four years for this to even come to trial. And, you know, my take on it is, you know, when, when it can't be, utilized to to direct rage at Donald Trump, you know, I mean, there's less uh, concern about the lives of these these people, these Jews who were murdered and the need for justice here. In fact, there's a a hugely famous anti-death penalty attorney, Judy Clark, who's been flown in, I believe, on the government dime to try to keep this guy off death row. This guy who, you know, deliberately you know, orchestrated uh, a mass shooting uh, of, of, of people at, at the synagogue down the street from where I am. So I think that we do see a lot of politicization of these terrible things. And uh, I agree with you. I mean, if it's really about humanitarian concern, and I'm not saying there is none of that, but it's also politics, you know, it is. it's not just the, 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 the human life you know, regardless of who's 
It's, you know, what side of the political aisle were they on? Who, what yeah. color, what religion? Who was the color of the person that shot them and the religion and the political affiliation? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's disgusting, really. I mean, that isn't, I mean, we're all human. I get it that these, these distinctions and things color our perception. But really, though, there should also be authentic and deep and abiding concern for life itself, for the lives of the innocent, regardless of their color, religion, or politics. That's what should be the overriding drive in, in calling for justice. And I agree with you. Yep. So I, I, I'll, I will be watching to see what will happen and if they're going to talk about it much, but I wouldn't hold my breath on it. Now the next topic, Putin, assassination. Do you mm-hmm. believe it? Um, what that that the Ukrainians tried to do it? Yeah, uh-huh. I believe. Uh huh. I believe it. Sure. Why? They're, now they're denying it. I guess. Huh. Yep. Yep. They're denying it. Yeah. Well. But, well, here's here's my thing on it. If it did, more than likely the United States had a hand in it. Mm-hmm. I do believe that they had a hand in it. Um, just, as you know, Rob, I think this whole thing from the start was a quagmire and I hate to be proven right, but I almost feel like I don't even need to talk about it anymore because mm-hmm. he's passing week only proves, you know, further what a mess, what a ridiculous mess this is. I don't even need to say anything anymore because the <laughs> truth is people are digging in. They don't want to hear it. And I realize that. So, you know what, honestly, I feel like it's like, like many things we've seen in the past few years that are very little logic is being brought to bear. People stubbornly wish to engage in something destructive. You know, whether you're talking about violent (laughs) riots, you know, in the name of justice, uh, whether you're talking about trashing American cities and blocking ambulances and declaring to defund the police, whether you're talking about refusing to maintain a border, whether you're talking about yet another war that, you know, made no logical sense and that we cannot win. I'm sorry. You know, we're not going to win a war against another nuclear power in their backyard. Nobody wants to hear this. And it's like there are none so blind as those who will not see. I mean, I'm pretty disgusted, honestly, Rob. I hate to see the death and destruction. I know, you know, Putin's a thug, this and that, but this was not our fight. It wasn't and, our fight. And it had nothing to do with Americans, nothing. And, and by the way, it isn't so totally one-sided. I'm not saying I approve of what Putin did or is doing, but, you know, there were 14,000 Russians killed over there, you know, in recent years by the Ukrainian army. Americans don't even have the basic sort of facts about anything that happened before Putin's invasion last February. This is, you know, I keep thinking of the Matthew Arnold poem where ignorant armies clash by night, Dover Mm. Beach. You know, um, this is not World War II. And I think we really are messing in something that we shouldn't be. Yeah, then, and, and, the, and the other thing is, is that they came up with the report saying that since I think December, there's been like 10,000 Russians that have been killed. I think I sent you a piece on it. And I'm like, okay, 10,000 Russians, but how many Ukrainians? And are they saying this to make us think that Ukraine is winning this war? If they were winning oh, yeah. the war, it would be over. 
this is supposed to be helping the Ukrainians. Right, right. This, this, this should be we're all... Helping we're helping them, like we help the Afghanis, right? Right. And how long have we been there? We were told this is going to be quick, but at the rate that it's going, and if we keep funding them, and we are funding them, we're keeping we have troops... Up. Right. We have troops on the ground, although Biden has denied and said we don't. He and Tony Blinken and uh, Mark Miley and Lloyd Austin, we have troops on the ground. And if it continues this way, we'll be five years into this and them still saying Ukraine is winning. Well, I'm listen, sorry, Heather. I don't think Vietnam, Ukraine is winning. We heard, it, we heard it in Vietnam. We heard it in Iraq. We heard it in Afghanistan. It sounds familiar, doesn't it? It does. But I don't think Ukraine is winning this. They're not, they're not winning this. How are they going to win it? They're smaller than Russia. Russia has nuclear weapons. It's 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 a it's a quixotic quest that I think is fueled. But yeah, I do think there are good people here. I can't really speak about the Ukrainians. They I don't know them. They're not my people. I don't. You know, I'm sorry for the civilians, for the children, as I am. For any war, and most of these so-called modern wars, you know, by the way, civilians take the brunt of it in many cases, more so than they used to in the old days when wars were fought more on battlefields. I mean, that's part of the tragedy of this, too. It's like, you know, if people feel so strongly that they want to go to war, it's a, it's a sad thing, but I think that's their business, you know, but the sad thing is for the military industrial complex and huge governments to be funding these ongoing, essentially unwinnable wars. It's really civilians who pay a disproportionate price for this, you know, so there's that, but um, it's also just, uh, it just never, I mean, I it made, it didn't make any logical sense to me, you know, from the start and I, it still doesn't. I think that, you know, you, this is not our hemisphere of the world. It's not a part of the world. This is, uh, and you know, people reject it. But I think the, the the analogy to the Cuban Missile Crisis is uh, is um, valid. We did not accept Russia in our hemisphere putting missiles there, nor will they accept. I mean, you know, we call it peacekeeping. We say NATO, but what NATO is is a military alliance, and it means placing missiles, and it means. Uh, it doesn't just, it's not a foreign exchange program. I mean, it's a missile protected military alliance that they, you know, they don't want in their backyard in this country that was a satellite of the Soviet Union that was part of the Russian empire and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I think that we've been sold something here yet again, you know, including some very well-meaning and heroic Americans who, care about other people, believe in freedom. I guess I've just, you know, I've seen at this point, Rob, I'm not a kid, you know, and I, I've seen and heard a little too much, including having the privilege of interviewing so many wonderful, brave people from Iraq, you know, who lived there, who saw the suffering, our troops who went with idealism and bravery to Iraq, to Afghanistan, interviewed mm-hmm. some of them who came back without limbs, with burns, with destroyed lungs, and I, you know, I mean, I don't mean to be on a rant. I know that there's a lot I don't know. Um, these, these things may not be black and white, but I, you know, I do think that the American people have every right to question when, you know, when we've seen repeatedly these foreign entanglements that I would challenge anybody to argue were successful and that we want 
And, you know, we're a free country. We, we are free people. You know, we don't have to go because the king says, die, go to the front lines. You know, we elect our leaders and we should, you know, as Amber Smith, you know, a brave fighter pilot said to me, who served in Afghanistan, and I'm paraphrasing her, she said, if, if our leaders are going to send young people into war and, you know, ask us to be prepared to lose our limbs and our lives, they need to be able to truthfully articulate a plan for victory. Yep. And if they can't, that's not good enough. I agree. I agree. And speaking of kings, this weekend, King Charles will be coronated as a king of the U.K., and a lot of people are talking about it. And what I find, I, I find the whole thing interesting. Uh, I like to hear about the royals. Of course, I keep mm -hmm. it into his perspective. I don't want us to have a king here, albeit Joe Biden is behaving like a tyrant king. But what I find interesting about this, Andrew, I mean, uh, Heather, I call you Andrew and Heather, <laughs> is that I, Charles is extremely woke to a degree. Is he? He's all, yeah, oh, yeah, he's all into the climate change and all this crazy stuff. So hmm. I'm like, why is it that these Generation Zers, they dislike him? Aren't they aware that he's on their side? Or hmm. has Megan managed to poison <laughs> into thinking that he's this, like, stuffy Brit when in his younger days, this guy was wild and wooly? And even now, hmm. he's into this like whole Wilkins and stuff. And, you know, watch what you're saying. So oh. I'm like, don't they know that he's on their side? I didn't know he was on their side. Oh, you yeah. Know, I, oh, yeah. I confess, Rob, I don't know a whole lot about the individual royals. I'm not a big royal watcher. I, I don't dislike them. I just, you know, feel like there's so many things that I, it's one of those subjects I feel like, oh, okay. This one, I don't have to study too much because so many other people are paying attention. But uh -huh. I, I always had the impression Prince Charles was King Charles, was a rather sensitive man. I, I felt for him in the whole love triangle drama, as we've discussed. You know, I feel like he, I understand, I feel, his personality type. I think he's someone who felt a sense of duty and obligation, and he married Diana, because of the enormous pressure brought on him by his mother and the whole country and how many people would have the, the spine and the, you know, the sort of uh, guts and personality to, you know, overthrow all that. I, you know, so I felt like a lot of, you know, sensitive, easygoing people would have done what he did and been trapped in this marriage, you know, that wasn't right for him when he really loved Camilla. So, I mean, I always just had empathy for him, I guess. And I think I know through the years he's done some things that uh, are in support of Israel, which I appreciated. I mean, I don't think any of the royals steps out too far when it comes to politics one way or the other. But I, I'm not so familiar with his wokeism. You know, I mean, he I mean, he strikes me as somebody who, again, I'm going to be a, go pro Charles here. I mean, I, I think he strikes me as someone who's genuinely sensitive. So I think that the aspects of wokeism that are actually, dare I say, maybe pure, no, I, I don't, I reject the whole, you know, um, framework because I don't like labeling people and judging each other by our skin color. I think it's ridiculous. 
But I think that to be truly sensitive to all people is a virtue. And so sometimes I feel like with some of this stuff, you know, what I don't like about it is when people are forcing it and they're being blatantly tyrannical and insensitive in the name of sensitivity. But I guess what I'm saying is I don't think there's anything wrong with true sensitivity. You know, if you, you know, understand that certain people and groups of people have had unique hardships and you're, you know, making space for listening and, and trying to, to understand more, you know what I mean? So I don't know if that's where he's coming from. Um, <laughs> well, but... I do know that uh, Megan won't be there. Harry will be there. He won't be sitting close to uh, the throne, but uh, he will be there. Harry will be there. Megan won't be there. She just signed a multi-million dollar deal to make herself a billionaire. Well, that's what I, you know, it's always been, I, I, when I look at her, I think that she's always jealous of Kate and wanted all the attention. So her whole thing now is, let's see if we can make it in the States and be more famous and popular than uh, Will and Kate, because Will is going to be the future king at some point. Well, I definitely think she wears the pants between her and Harry. Um, I never thought Harry seemed like the brightest bulb. And (laughs) I just hope that Lewis is going to be there because he's my favorite royal. Who? You know about Lewis? Lewis, who's the youngest boy of Kate and uh, oh, oh, okay, 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 yeah. Lewis is the bad boy, which, right. in my experience, all Louis are, and we right. love them. So <laughs> I like when Louis, you know, he acts up and he's yeah, and, right. You know, usually makes a scene. I think it was a couple years ago at one of the one of the events. He was making faces and handing oh, yeah, it up. Yeah. He yep. wouldn't stop, and he's real cute. Yeah, I think uh-huh. he's like three or four. And then people were criticizing Kate and Will for not being disciplinarians, you know, and right. not, you know, being stricter. And I just, I'm just pro Lewis. I think. He's cute, <laughs> so. Well, Heather, I got to say that we're at the end of the show. It has been a wonderful show. We got <laughs> a lot covered. And I want to say to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in to After Dark with Robin Andrew, available on iHeartRadio, of course, the America Out Loud platform, on Spotify and Twitter. And as Andrew would always say, stand for something or fall for nothing. And we hope to see you and hear from you tomorrow night. That's After Dark with Robin Andrew. Until then, be safe. And Heather, looking forward to our next show together. Me too, Rob. Thanks, all.